It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. A very good evening to you all and welcome on into today's Taking Care of Business. Myself, Robert Fahey, is in sitting for Ronan Berry this evening. I'm sure he'll uh, recoil in terror when he hears that going out over the airwaves in the greater Midlands area. Coming up on this evening's show, are you looking to upskill or reskill as part of your New Year's resolutions? Well, then you can tune in around 7.45 when we look at a variety of the options available at the Technological University of the Shannon Midlands campus in the new year. Security is always a concern for business owners, especially in the dark evenings of winter. But how much is the average cost to those affected by criminal activity? A new study is aimed to nail down those figures for Leinster and we'll dig into those findings in around half an hour's time. And in about 10 minutes, I'll be joined by one of the people behind a hugely ambitious plan to plant one million trees in Africa. We'll tell you how your business could get involved in that really fantastic initiative in the run up to Christmas. As always, you can get in touch with me here at Midlands 103 on 083 3010 103. That's the text and WhatsApp line. I'd love to hear your thoughts on things throughout this evening. And if you have a story you'd like Ronan to cover in the future, you can always get in touch with him on business at midlands103.com. Now, let's dive straight into the show this evening. And the sportswear market is something that's undergone a little bit of an explosion in the last number of years. Traditionally, it would have been your O'Neill's or Azori that you would go to if you wanted to kit out your side. But it's been great to see a number of locals enter that market in the recent years and thrive. One of those is DS Sports, based in Emo in County Leash. I caught up with their CEO, Darren Strong, a little earlier to find out more about their operation. Yeah, well, basically we set up DS Sport in 2017 as a hobby uh, just selling GA gloves out of gear bag. Um, it kind of took off. Then we got in with a, a club team looking for leisure wear. I was kind of working part-time with my father, doing precast at the time, and I kind of had no ambitions of, I didn't think a business, a business would take up. Um, it just kind of grew from there. Um, today now we, we have nine full-time staff, two part-time um it's probably the busiest time of the year now at the moment. All Christmas orders are coming in and out through the door. Emails are endless at the moment. People are in about the gear, but it's all it's all arriving in on time, so it's all good. Well, to be fair, look, it's great to hear of a, a local business that's that's busy at the moment. But uh, like you said, there, it's a it's a market like that. I suppose is kind of difficult enough maybe to break into. So it must have been great feeling then when it kind of things took off for you and started, be, you know, being able to build on it a little bit more. Yeah, and to be fair, I kind of broke into the market before before it kind of got really popular. There wasn't too many ads. Like, you'd always have your O'Neill's and your Azuri's to be the kind of benchmark that you work towards. And that's, we've been just trying to get as close to them in terms of size-wise. And it's just, like this time last year, we'd only two people. And just within the year, even with COVID, it just, it got so busy. And we had to get more staff on board and we would have a few more than in the new year, hopefully, as well. It's interesting that you say that. So you experienced almost the same demand during COVID as you did pre-COVID. Yeah, with COVID, I was kind of lucky and unlucky. So we kind of had to let everyone go because our club sales was was there was not, nothing going on at all because there was no teams training. But I have a lot, I have a stock of, say, probably every different colour deck. Like for clubs, they'd have green and whites, reds and whites, and all in stock for like hoping that the 
the season would have kicked off, but then COVID kicked in. So we kind of had a sale on online, um, up to 30 40%. And just online sales just went through the roof during COVID. How do you make that the determination when you're expanding on things? Like you said, you went from gloves and, and say gear bags to, to doing team kits and team wear and things like that. Like I know for myself from doing orders like that, that it's a, a very kind of lucrative enough market. Teams are always looking to change their change their gear. So how do you make that determination as a company then that you want to get into that? Um, it's kind of like teams will always change different companies, but like we have a very good graphic design team there and the designs that do send out to the clubs that do be very impressed because if you if you don't get a design you're like you're just going to go with a different another different company um yeah and then just keep the quality high and uh, i suppose our customer service just been just been easy to deal with and making it easy for people that are organizing gear for teams because it's it's very hard to get money off 30 different people when you're when you're organizing team where we just kind of take the stress away from them at the moment we're setting up club shops so people in the club don't have to even deal with any money everything's done online and the clubs themselves then make a percentage out of the online sales for just basically just picking their picking their designs at the start we do the rest of the work then yeah it's a very interesting business model because i actually this morning just took the time to kind of go on and run through the the process myself if you were ordering and, and like you know i had it all done in 10 15 minutes and someone would come back to me again 25 minutes later so it was all done within 45 minutes yeah yeah and that's what we try to do like the, just this week alone now it's it's very hard to get back to everyone because we've emails coming in the front center and we're trying to organize getting all the gear out it's all arriving in between today and tomorrow and it all has to be individually packed and sent to all individual addresses um so it's just it's a bit harder at the moment getting back to all the emails but our team our team i have there are pretty good like we've already um touched on the the covid aspect of things a little bit when you're, you're talking about sending things out and i'm sure you're probably exporting a little bit as well how's that side of things been for you since the whole brexit situation it is tough, even importing, importing from suppliers, and uh, is it's got an awful lot stricter. Where a lot, a lot more paperwork for um, exporting. We're not too bad because main um, our bulk of our orders are always in within Ireland. Um, it's not too bad to export. We we do send gear to Canada, America. But it's not too bad. It's just important to say from the UK side of it. We would have a few suppliers in the UK, and it's just. At the start, it was a few delays, but it's kind of ironed out now, and it's pretty easy going. And I understand as well you're you're expanding to leisure wear as well. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I wanted a I wanted a new task for the new year. Um, um, so I kind of DS sport to be kind of your team wear side of it, and I was just we would have good contacts in 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 leisure wear, and uh, so we're kind of gone into the. Uh, the new business is called Ignite. Um, it's kind of like your individual gym goers, kind of. Um, it's all ladies wear at the moment. We're just working on the men's wear, men's wear side of it at the moment. Um, it's 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 early days. Um, hopefully, in the new year, now I'll get to really, really sit down and really take it to the next level because it's just been so busy with the sports leading into Christmas. So. Hopefully in the new year now we'll we'll get set, get out and going properly. How hard is it at the minute to to do something like that? Are the supports there good? 
Yeah, they are very good, yeah. Even in, in leash, um, we would have got the um, the online sales voucher and the upgrade for the online sales in, say, in around COVID. No issue with them whatsoever. They've been, they've been always very good for us. And even in the leash, uh, Chamber of Commerce, very good as well. Any questions we do have for them, they're always, they're always very willing to help out. Joey, you didn't initially intend on going down this route, but now you're you're talking about expanding and doing little bits and pieces differently. Do you feel like your own ambitions have grown along with the company? Oh yeah, yeah, without doubt. As I said, it was only it started off as a hobby. I was always interested in team wear, and and whenever we used to be playing, well, I was always the one that was organising gear, and I just got very lucky uh, in terms of uh, I think it was Mick Lillis. Uh, the old leash manager he was involved with a team and asked me could we get a set of tops med we tried we got them med to be honest they weren't great but it was a starting point and we worked from there and it's as I said the business is growing and growing and growing and hopefully we stay going and compete with the big boys Look Darren it's been uh, fantastic to, to chat to you over the last uh, couple of minutes and get to know your business a little bit more John just uh, give a shout out to where people can check all your stuff out yeah, you can check. Uh, we're actually tomorrow would be the final day for online sales, uh, uncrested online sales. So if you could just go on to www.bsports.ie for your team wear needs, and if you want some uh, ladies, if men want to buy some ladies wear for their girlfriends or wives, it's www.ignite.ie. So it's I N. G-Y-T. Perfect. Well, thanks very much for taking the time out. I know you're very busy at the minute in the lead up to Christmas, like you said. No problem. That was Darren Strong there, CEO of DS Sports, which is based in Emo in County Leash. A really interesting little business. I always hear, or I love to hear rather, uh, businesses that start out as a hobby and grow and grow and grow. And it seems like he has big plans for that in the new year. So all the best to him. And uh, it was great to learn a little bit more about his business. Now, as I said, coming up after the break, we'll hear about Self Help Africa and their latest project to try and plant 1 million trees in sub-Saharan Africa and 100,000 native trees here in Ireland. Now, you're very welcome back to this evening's Taking Care of Business myself Robert Fahey is in the chair this evening for Ronan Berry still to come in a few minutes time we'll be finding out about security concerns for business owners and how can you can attack those and are you looking to upskill or reskill as part of your New Year's resolutions we'll uh, tell you a little bit how you can do that locally now I'm delighted to say as I was saying earlier that uh, you may have heard about an amazing initiative which is aiming to plant 1 million trees in sub-Saharan Africa as well as 100,000 native trees here in Ireland I think it's a really fabulous idea to be honest and the latest in a long line of great work being done by Self-Help Africa. I'm delighted to say a local man at the heart of it joins me now to talk us through it. So good evening to Offaly's Ronan Scully. How are you doing, Robert? And thanks very much for having me uh, on your programme this evening. So um, it's really, uh, really great of you to have me on and uh, hello to all your listeners as well. And it, uh, it's great to have the opportunity, I suppose, at this time of the year to talk about, uh, I suppose, what a charity is doing in Ireland and doing in uh, in Africa as well. And uh, we're just so grateful to uh, Midlands Radio for all the support they've given us to this campaign over the last uh, two years. Not at and, all. It's uh, totally, uh, totally our, our pleasure. So why don't you jump into it straight away there and tell us a little bit about uh, Self Help Africa, what you're doing with them, and uh, how you're looking to make this initiative happen. Yeah, well, basically, I suppose the, it's called the One Million Trees campaign. So it is, and it's something that we started last year, and um, with the help and partnership with the uh, NISC. Uh, with Vincent Cleary and all his team in Glenisk, and we all know that Vincent and Glenisk have got had tr- their own difficulties recently uh, with that uh, terrible sad fire. But 
over the last two years, uh, the NISC have been in partnership with us. And, you know, last year we planted over one million trees in Africa in seven different countries in Africa. And basically, uh, basically what that was about was we asked people to donate five euro. And with that five euro, we were able to plant one tree in Ireland and 10 trees in Africa. And we work in uh, 12 countries in Africa. So in a lot of the countries that we work in, uh, you know, agriculture, you, you know, uh, you know, trees, uh, plants, uh, all types of uh, 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 crops are something that we, we do on a daily basis. Uh, so we saw how climate change was affecting some of the areas that we worked in because of, you know, the droughts and, and lack of water and various things like that. So we came up with ideas to try and uh, sort of mitigate uh, uh, climate change and, and around sustainable development as well. So it's important the role that, that, that it's important the role that trees play in that, you know what I mean? And also it helps people's livelihoods and their environment in, in, in Ireland and in, and in Africa. So basically, like we, we got together with the NISC and also then with the INTO, the Irish National Teachers Organisation, and with the Gaelic Players Association. And last year, as I said, we planted over a million trees in Africa. And also anyone that, you know, supported the uh, uh, campaign or donated the campaign, you know, they got a list of the, where their trees were planted in Africa and also a GPS uh, uh, figure that they're able to actually uh, you know, on Google to go in and see the, where the trees are planted in Africa as well and follow up on it as well. And then also we've worked with companies um, in Ireland as well to try and offset their carbon uh, uh, footprint. And as well as that, then we've worked with a lot of uh, companies and cafes and shops um, around, the, uh, uh, around Ireland as well to offset their carbon footprint. So say, for instance, if their carbon footprint was something like, say, we'll just give you an example, say, like, for instance, was 50 euro a month or 100 euro a month, well, then they would give Self-Help Africa 100 euro and we would plant uh, that those amount of trees in, 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 in Africa and also in Ireland. And again, we're, we're very, very lucky that uh, this week and uh, next week, uh, we've over uh, uh, nearly 500 schools around Ireland that are planting trees and some of them will be planting them after after Christmas as well. But basically schools are involved in planting trees uh, this week and next week and then after Christmas as well in their own school grounds, whether it's two or three trees and some schools, you know, because each class might be planting trees as well. Uh, basically, like some classes might have three or four trees per class. So, mm. like, I mean, I know there's a school in Eden Derry. Uh, uh, they're, they're planting, so they are 35 trees, so they are in Friday. Uh, and there's uh, schools in Tullamore, schools in Farrah, Schools in Borr, schools in Kilcormac, uh, schools in Mulgar, schools in Athlone, uh, schools in Leash uh, that are all uh, planting trees this week and next week and then there'll be some after Christmas as well. And again, these are all uh, young kids in school that you know are bringing in a euro or 50 cents or two euros uh, towards this campaign uh, and we send them out the trees. Uh, trees come from trees in the land down in Cork um, and basically... Um, you know, we plant the trees uh, around Ireland as well. Then companies that sign up as well can have company days where their staff can uh, can plant uh, trees in in their place of work. Uh, and also, then we're very lucky as well through Vincent Cleary and Dunisk as well uh, out in Killy there, uh, where the Dunisk uh, farm is. There's a fantastic land out there, and we've already started to plant uh, thousands of trees out there as well, and we will continue to do so next year. So that we're, we have this campaign again to try and plant another million trees 
another 100,000 trees in Ireland. So Yeah, it sounds uh, like a, a fantastically uh, wide-ranging campaign. Like you said, it's not just businesses, it's schools that are getting involved as well. And it's something that's going to be ongoing next year and like for the foreseeable future, I'd say, as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how the best ways for businesses that might be listening that might want to get involved in this you know for this year for next year and I understand as well you might be able to make donations like in lieu of Christmas parties and things like that because we all know those are falling by the wayside unfortunately this Absolutely. year yeah yeah and I mean like as, as I said like you know for, for a lot of charities I suppose the last two years has been very very difficult you know because of COVID uh, and you know it, the, the, I suppose the COVID uh, pandemic has caused so much hassle you know around Ireland and also around the world as well you know so we've we've, we've things that we call lifetime gifts it's sort of a an online shop that we have that people can do- donate online so they can get and we've things like you can you can buy again you can buy trees you can buy beehives you can buy bicycles you can you can buy uh, different crops you can buy goats you can buy chickens uh, and they're all bought within the countries that we work in um, you know so there's no sort of sending them over from Ireland or anything like that it's very much bought within the country that we that we work in because that helps the economy in that country as well like you know so you've Lots of stuff like to, you know, improve quality seed, piglets, goats, beehives, 35 euro. You know, you have trees as well, 5 euro, uh, and that'll, that'll plant 10 uh, saplings in Africa as well. But with companies as well, you know, you know, to offset their carbon footprint, uh, you know, if they sign up, we, we'll actually do a measurement of, of their carbon uh, footprint within their shop or within their cafe or within their pub or within their business or within their company, and we'll give them the, the carbon offset uh, that 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 they do every month, and basically then uh, that 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 might cost, say, if it's a hundred euro, then you know that's uh, uh, five hundred trees that can be planted out in Africa, and they get a certificate every month. They also get a, a, a plaque for their, uh, their their wall, also for their staff. Then uh, they're sent information as well that they can put as footer on their emails or on their website as well, just to show that they're offsetting their carbon footprint and uh, helping to make a difference. Then. Uh, for for families in Africa, and and helping the South Africa to do the work that they do in tw- in twelve countries as well, uh, in Africa, you know. Yeah, and like, look, you've obviously been involved in the charity sector for almost three decades now, if I'm not wrong. So obviously, you know, with, with COVID, you probably haven't been out and about as much as you would like to be in the last couple of years. But you can see the benefits of this on the ground yourself when you do go over. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, I suppose you know, being on the radio gives me an opportunity, Robert, as well, and on your program. You know, to thank the people of the Midlands, you know, uh, for for their help, you know, over the years, you know, because hunger, or pro- hunger, and and I suppose poverty are problems that have basically plagued humanity, you know, for thousands of years. But the thing about it, it continues to haunt us today. You even see in our own country the amount of homeless people we have in our own country, and then you see what you know, like what you know, COVID has done, and what hunger and what. Uh, I suppose COVID, in some ways, has been a multiplier and a magnifier of global hu- hunger in a lot of ways. You know, where there's you know, we see in Africa now, you know, basically there's a lot more people that have uh, been impacted by food insecurity. Uh, you know, a lot more people are hungry. A lot more people are in need of food. Uh, you know, we reckon that, like, you know, that more than one or five children globally, you know, under the age of five, you know, will go hungry. Uh, and, you know, also we're probably looking at it. The UN says about 10,000 children uh, die every day in different parts of the world, and particularly in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, and if you add that up as 10,000 a day, like there's 31 days in December, that means that 310,000 children are going to die. And basically, COVID has basically amplified that because it's it's so much difficult to get down and uh, get around the world because, you know, 
the world is shut down in some ways, you know, because of the restrictions and because of COVID passes and various things like that. And it's making food less available and it's making it more, uh, more, more, more expensive as well, you know. So we're trying to work on the ground. Like, you know, we're very, very lucky that all our workers on the ground in Africa are all local people. They're all local doctors, nurses, and nutritionists, you know, um, uh, basically, uh, you know, all have, all have their own qualifications. And, and you know, and we're very much, you know, a leg up rather than a handout. And, you know, we're extremely grateful to everyone been part of our, our team and helping us with the work that we're doing in Africa. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of great, uh, a lot of great work being done. I should yeah. ask you for businesses again who are listening. What's the best place for them to get in touch with yourselves to get involved? Yeah, well, basically, like we've a website there. It's www.selfhelpafrica.org, and if you go into that, then uh, if you want to look out about trees or carbon offset, and there's different sections in the in the um, in the website as well, and then there's a whole information about our annual report and how do we spend the money and where the money goes and what it's used on and then also a list of all the various programs and projects that we're doing in in, in the many countries that we're, we're in in Africa uh, and people can uh, get all the details there on www.selfhelpafrica.org and then all the information about our Christmas lifetime gifts are, are there as well you know you can just google the self-help Africa lifetime gifts as well and you'll be able to get it there uh, Robert as well so um and uh, and if anyone wants to contact me, they can contact me through my mother and father there in Clara, or my phone number is 087-618-9094. But the best place, I suppose, is on our website, www.selfhelpafrica.org. Well, that's fantastic, Ronan. And look, keep up the great work, and it's great to hear from you. And uh, thanks very much for taking the time this evening to run us through all that. And thanks very much, Robert, and the best of luck with all your work as well on Midlands Radio and to all your colleagues and to all the staff there in Midlands Radio and I'd just like to wish you and all the listeners and everyone in Midlands Radio uh, a very very happy and peaceful Christmas. And the very same to you and yours thanks very much Ronan Ronan Scully there from uh, Self Help Africa a really really fantastic initiative uh, now we'll just go to a quick break very welcome back to this evening's Taking Care of Business for Tuesday December 14th as the winter closes in a lot of business owners will be forward planning and unfortunately with the dark evenings there's always an increase in criminal activity Netwatch has carried out a survey of businesses outside of Dublin about security and uncovered some interesting stats the headline one for me is probably the average cost to those impacted by criminal activity since January 2020 was around 47,000 Euros. Joining me now to flesh that out a little is Netwatch Head of Business in Ireland and the UK, Colin Hayes. If you could start by maybe giving us a little bit of an overview of the findings of that survey. The study was uh, was undertaken by ourselves and Netwatch uh, in association with Amoric Research. Um, and we carried out the study uh, in order to gauge the importance of security uh, among Irish businesses. Um, and to look at the type of crime uh, affecting Irish businesses and also to look at the cost of that crime. Uh, there was 260 participants um, and uh, they were all senior decision makers uh, within their, their business and they had responsibility for uh, security measures. Um, there was uh, The 260 participants uh, represented over 20 different business sectors, so a wide variety of sectors. Um, and uh, the large majority, 84% of them, uh, uh, were uh, SMEs. Um, so, so some of the, 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 the key measures that jumped out of the survey, um, so the, the, it, it clearly showed that uh, security is definitely a key consideration for businesses. Uh, 63% of businesses 
um, said that security had now become more of a key business consideration than ever before. Um, and they, they said that the, the key areas that influence uh, uh, security measures, uh, insurance, public liability requirements, uh, and the cost involved uh, when a crime is committed against a, a business. Um, the, and the, the, the type of criminal activity that's of most concern for businesses uh, is burglary and robbery. And that, that was the case for 60% uh, of uh, respondents. Um, and indeed, we'd see that on an ongoing basis uh, out in the field when we're approached by, by businesses that are concerned with the prospect of being burgled or robbed uh, or indeed, worse again, have been the, the victim of, um, uh, of crime. Um, and uh, 44% of all businesses um, said that they had been uh, a victim of crime uh, since January 2020. Um, uh, with uh, this was the, the the big one for ourselves, the cost of that crime. So forty seven thousand was the average cost uh, to the business, which was a big number. And indeed, for the, another five percent of those companies, the cost was in excess uh, of half a million. Um, so scary numbers, really. Um, yeah, you know, I was and, going and, to. Uh, I was just going to say when I seen the the survey first, obviously. The, the different considerations that were were taken into it like jump out at you but it's obviously the, the figures are going to jump straight out at people like that another 5% um, the cost for them was in excess of half a million euro as well as the, the average being 47,000 like two very key numbers when you take into consideration the cost of securing your premises yeah and we see that ourselves Robbie that it's not actually the um the cost, the direct cost, I would say, of, of replacing what has been robbed or has been vandalised, but rather downtime, business interruption, you know, lost orders, uh, they all have expensive consequences uh, for businesses. And, you know, the numbers don't be long about um, uh, uh, rocketing upwards. I don't want to mention the, the dreaded C word too early out of the bat, but COVID-19, has that changed the, the perception of security with business owners? Yeah, sure. It, it, uh, so uh, a quarter of, of uh, respondents said that the level of importance placed on security had increased uh, since the pandemic. Um, and uh, it increased physical measures and increased remote security. They were the top changes uh, to happen during that period. You know, and again, from, from, from our experience in the field uh, over the past 18 months, you know, we business owners are concerned their premises. Um, if people are working remotely now, their premises are unoccupied a lot longer than than ever before. Um, but maybe more importantly, where they might have a skeleton crew on site, uh, so maybe one or two people working. Uh, you know, and employers are wanting to do the right thing and make sure that um, you know while those workers are on site, they are protected. Um, you know, and especially maybe locking up in the dark evenings as well. You know, and that's why um, security uh, in COVID times, you know, there is there is a, a greater importance uh, placed on it. I'm glad you mentioned the the dark evenings because it's something that always strikes me every winter. And you know, we always get reports from Angarda Shiakon about crime going up in the darker evenings. And I'm guessing it's a, a time generally where businesses like to take stock of their security measures with yourselves. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it, look, it's a particularly busy time for ourselves and Netwatch at the minute. Um, but like, there are, you know, um, some some simple uh, 
uh, notes that you know people should be be aware of and and be mindful of uh, that you know we don't cost any money and that's you know, we would advise that within any organisation there's somebody should, uh, there needs to be somebody responsible for security so you know, somebody owns it you know and you're not ever uh, thinking that somebody else is looking after it. Um, we we would advise that people uh, review and test their security systems on an ongoing basis. You know, so no matter what their solution is, so if you have an intruder alarm, if you have a camera system, you know, uh, do the basics check, basic checks, make sure that the systems are working. You know, your camera system, make sure that the, the footage is recording. Um, if you do happen to have a, a remote security uh, monitored uh, solution, you know, with NetWatch or somebody else, test it. Arrive unannounced onto your premises, you know, and make sure that you get the response you want. Uh, you know, it, it, that's what you're paying money for. Um, have a, a proper protocol in place. Um, so there should be an incident on your site then that the, the, the right measures are taken. You know, people uh, moving on from an organisation and they're still maybe on the protocol. So so it's important. You know, that's that's uh, stuff that every business w- should be mindful of. And, and no security system lasts forever. You know, technology is constantly changing. It's improving all the time. So see what solutions are, are in the marketplace. You know, engage with companies you know, who can educate uh, um, your team. I'm aware that there might be a lot of business owners who are listening tonight that this might just jog something for them saying, right, I have to get something so- secured or sorted, excuse me, for my own security measures. Is there anything in particular if they go into the business tomorrow, like almost a pre-assessment that they should be looking out for before getting in contact with someone like yourselves? Well, as I say, like the, the uh, security is, is, is changing all the time. The technology, maybe that was unaffordable uh, a couple of years ago, um, may now be within people's budgets. So, you know, and like, feel free to engage with companies like Netwatch. Um, you know, we can carry out a survey of their business. There's, you know, uh, listen to people, see what their pain is, and try and put a solution, uh, you know, to to uh, to meet that pain. You know, and there's absolutely no obligation, um, you know, for 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 Netwatch to to carry out a survey. I say we've. We've uh, 14 members operating in the in the Midland County, so you know we're more than happy to engage with any of your listeners if if they if they want a, a survey carried out. Bobby. What sort of uh, measures uh, are becoming popular these days with your clients? Sure. So, uh, like looking to the future, the research. Uh, one of the questions uh, it looked at uh, was uh, to see uh, are people planning. Uh, uh, investment in security in the next 12 months and and the answer was was very much so um and it was remote actually remote monitored cctv uh, which is the most popular measure for future investment followed by um intruder alarm systems and self monitored cctv as well so obviously the the remote systems for people who want to might monitor their business say from their own home i'm assuming they'd have kind of a set of cameras set up and they'd be able to see it from there is it Sure. Well, so like with with NetWatch, as well as obviously when people go home at night, they you know, to get that uh, peaceful night sleep, if you like, and you know NetWatch mines the premises. But they also have the added benefit of being able to log in themselves during the day, so they can you know access the, the, the their uh, premises, their business premises, uh, remotely either you know through a PC or through a through their phone. So, you know, from a management point of view, it ticks that box for them as well, um, you know, as well as then NetWatch doing the job for the amount of hours. 
you mentioned about security now being affordable for businesses of all sizes. Can you give us like uh, some examples of, of measures that they could put in place to smaller SMEs? Uh? Sure. Well, I say uh, camera systems now have, you know, have evolved over the, the past number of years, moved from a analog technology to digital technology, you know, so people can now install a, a digital camera system at, at, at a reasonable cost, which was, you know, very unaffordable years ago. That's not the case anymore. So, you know, regardless of it, having, having it monitored or not to have a, you know, a camera system going back to a, a recording device um, should be within uh, most businesses' uh, budgets uh, uh, in this day and age, Robbie. We spoke a good bit about burglaries and robberies there, but there was also a, a third of, of crime in the survey was related to antisocial behaviour. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. So, because um, when I said that there was 44% of businesses um, who have been the victim of, of crime since uh, January 2020, and actually antisocial behaviour was number one in the in the uh, main criminal activity um that they've been a victim of. Um, that was closely followed by vandalism and, and burglary and robbery. But the antisocial behaviour, like that's certainly something we, anecdotally we would, we would hear in the field as well. Um, yeah, that's definitely rising over the past number of years. Um, you know, and it tends to be focused on businesses uh, such as retail and other situations where uh, staff have face-to-face interaction uh, with members of the public. And look, I'll get you out of here now on, on this one, but uh, businesses that, that get in contact for yourself, is it, you know, is there a particular business that you've seen a, an upsurge maybe in, in contacting like as a retail sector that you get a lot of queries off? Uh, is it like a private business? What, what are you seeing on the ground? Very good, yeah. Well, so again, you know, people often ask the typical type of network size and, and there isn't really one. It's such a, a wide variety of clients that we have, you know, from car garages to factories, Construction sites very popular at the minute. There's a lot of construction going on. You know, high value products stored on the sites. Um, you know, quarries, schools, retail parks, private residence. So there, there isn't a typical type of of site that you know Netwatch uh, is is called to on a, an ongoing basis. It's it is it is a wide variety. And very lastly, then you spoke a little bit about it earlier, but a couple of key takeaways you'd give to any business owners listening. Sure. So, the, you know, have someone responsible for 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 security within your uh, your organisation. Uh, test your systems. That is really really important. Um, have a proper protocol in place and recognise that no system lasts forever. You know, technology is changing. It's improving all the time. Um, so engage with with companies. You know, be it Netwatch or other companies who can maybe educate you and your team and and um, and help you make a decision. Colin Hayes, Netwatch, head of business for the Ireland and the UK. Thanks very much for your time this evening. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Take care. Thanks very much again to uh, Colin Hayes there of Netwatch taking us through very important aspects of security. Now, stay tuned. After the break, we'll be talking about upskilling and reskilling in the new year. Now, you're very welcome back to the last segment of tonight's Taking Care of Business with myself, Robert Fahey, sitting in for Ronan Berry just for this evening. 
Now, as we all know, reskilling and upskilling has obviously become very important and the Technical University of the Shannon Midlands Midwest is offering a variety of new part-funded courses starting in the new year. I'm delighted to say joining me to uh, talk a little bit about them and give you some insight is Business Development and Work Practice Coordinator at the Faculty of Continuing Professional Online and Distance Learning. That's a mouthful. Uh, Declan Doran, good evening to you, Declan. Good evening, Robert. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. So uh, if you want to just give us uh, an overview of some of the uh, courses people can expect to be coming up in January then. Yes, certainly. Uh, We have a number of postgraduate offerings uh, for students this coming January. So they're across a number of disciplines. So uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is the postgraduate diploma in packaging innovation and product design. We have the postgraduate diploma in quality management and validation. We have the postgraduate diploma in financial management. So those three I'll initially talk about. We're very conscious uh, in the faculty that organizations by their nature are very diverse places with a a large group of individuals with different academic backgrounds. So for that reason, when a student graduates uh, with their undergraduate degree, they might actually be working in a different area as they further progress in their career. So these postgraduate opportunities give each student the chance to excel in a new academic domain. So for instance, if you graduated with a degree in social care, or if you graduated in a degree in engineering, or a degree in business, you can now upskill in this new academic domain. So those three I mentioned are packaging, innovation, and product design. We've quality management validation, we've financial management. Now there's also a number of other um, postgraduate opportunities, and they're in energy infrastructure, environmental infrastructure, tourism management and destination leadership, biopharmaceutical and medical device systems, and engineering management. So all these programs are commencing with us this coming January, and they're available to apply for online now. So I would direct all your listeners who may be interested to go to www.springboardcourses.ie and get your application in as soon as possible. And look, from the the practical point of view as well, people who might be interested in taking up some of these courses, they'll be wondering, you know, part funding, what exactly does that entail? And also from the practicality element, is it a mix of online and in-person learning? Is it solely online? Can you give us some details in that aspect? Yes, sure. Um, We've been uh, quite lucky over the last number of years with the work we've done behind the scenes. We have got funding and part funding for a number of our programmes. So Uh, The the postgraduate programs I've mentioned there are 90% funded. So what that means is the student will only pay 10% of the program fee, which equates to €825. So if any of your listeners are actually unemployed at the moment, the full postgraduate program would be paid for. So they'd, they'd get the opportunity to study completely free of charge, which is an excellent opportunity. In terms of practicalities, all our programs are designed and delivered with the adult learner in mind. So we're conscious that people are very busy with, uh, you know, demanding careers with maybe young families and I suppose commitments outside of um, both academic and and work. So for that reason, the programs are very student friendly in terms of the time that they're they're delivered and the time you allocate toward them. So all the programs will be delivered online particularly in the packaging innovation product design quality management and validation and the diploma postgraduate diploma in financial management so in reality you could be anywhere in the country and you could study with us at two smithlands campus to upskill in these areas so they're very student friendly from that perspective i was wondering as well the specific say postgraduate uh, diplomas and different courses that you come up with and you're you're offering to people here now the facilitation of those, like, is it something that, 
you're working closely with like the IDA or with uh, specific companies saying this is what we need on the ground. Can you offer uh, people a chance to upskill and train in these areas? Yes, very much so. All the programs we develop are because of a specific industry need. And with these programs in particular, you know, financial management underpins the success of every business, similarly with uh, quality management and validation. And I suppose we were approached uh, by a number of company, companies, uh, our Midland industry partners, to say that in the realm of packaging innovation and product design, they have a key demand at the moment to kind of redevelop and be innovative in terms of how they design their packaging, in terms of sustainability, etc. So that one is a particular of interest at the moment, and we're getting a lot of interest in applications on that particular one. So yes, all programs we develop are, are due to a specific industry need and to fill that demand in terms of the future skills that are needed to develop our Midlands region. Because that's a very important aspect for people who are going to take part in these courses, that they know there's a a very definitive outcome in terms of job opportunities coming out of these. So it's great to hear that it's something that's been directly spoken about with uh, people before you create them. Yes, definitely. Very important to us. And as well as that, what we have done is generally, from our experience, what we find is when the students come back to education, maybe after taking a period of time out and, and studying these postgraduate diplomas, they kind of redevelop that love for, for learning and education again. So what we've done is we have clearly defined progression. So the student can actually go on in year two and they can study their master's in their specific discipline. So I think that's a really good opportunity as well for the students to know that, you know, year one, they get their postgraduate diploma. But if they so wish, they can progress on to year two and they can graduate with a master's in it in that specific discipline. And it sounds like they're, they're suitable for, for students of all ages and previous academic backgrounds as well. Exactly, and that's the beauty of it. So what I would say to anyone listening this evening is please do not feel deterred if you studied your undergraduate degree you know, in social care and engineering and business. These are now transferable skills. So there's the opportunity to you know, develop and excel in a new particular area and maybe take on a new challenge in 2022. So that's what they're specifically designed for. So we would welcome all applications. And I'll reiterate again, applications are open and the website is www.springboardcourses.ie Well there's something there for everyone as you've outlined uh, there throughout the interview so Declan thanks very much for taking the time to Stephen to speak with us about it all Robert thank you very much And that's just about all we have time for on this evening's Taking Care and Business Thanks very much for Ronan Berry to let me sit in his chair for this evening and uh, hopefully see him back in here soon Joe Cooney is swigging out of his Liverpool Cup out there to get into the studio for Country Roads so uh, thanks very much and uh, talk to you soon Taking Care of Business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.